0: I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to the Queens of Tech podcast, a podcast series about raising the voice of workplace champions. 60 plus questions in around 30 to 40 minutes with women, women of color, non-binary, and transgender influencers about their journey into STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. I started the Queens of Tech podcast initiative in May, 2022, because I would like to retain more women, women of color, non-binary and transgenders in the tech industry. Talent is out there, but our work environment needs to improve for all to feel safer, stay authentic, and to be valued for our contributions. My vision is to raise the workplace ecosystem for all in tech by killing the imposter syndrome, stopping bad behavior, and increasing equity opportunities. Each podcast talk is built around 60-plus questions regarding upbringing, education, career path, DIB, and future advice. My mission is to bridge the gap between schools and workplaces by getting into the heart of my guest's personal life and career journey to inspire other girls, women, women of color, Non binary and transgenders to unleash their full potential to reach top leadership roles in the tech industry. My goal is to raise the voices of tech champions around the world and, together with companies, investors, and politicians, raise the challenges and opportunities around equity, inclusive diversity, and belonging in our workplaces. Right enough is enough. I would like to enforce companies to build a sustainable, inclusive culture to retain diverse talent so we keep the workforce power equity to continue building future diverse and inclusive products. Representation matters. Your voice matters. In this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guests, Tech Queen Janneke Drangert-Weddy, CEO and customer-centric and business strategist as Customer C. Hi, Janneke. Hi. I'm very happy to have
1: you joining us from Norway today. How are you? I'm fine. I'm really impressed by your initiative, Jasmine, and happy to be here. Oh, thank you very much, and I'm
0: very happy to have you here. Now, let us dive into your journey into STEM. Hope you're ready for the Queen's Up Take 60-plus questions. I'm all set. Let's warm up with a few fun facts about you. How would you describe your personality in three
1: hashtags? Curious, passionate, and pragmatic. How would you describe your life in three sentences? My life is a journey of uh, memories and pit stops, travel and exploring. And it's all about people, family and friends, but also professionally human experience. What kind of music stimulates and motivates you the most? There's some brilliant female artists here in Norway right now that I enjoy listening to. Like Singh did. She has a song called Don't Give My Vibe. Highly recommend it. What is your personal motto? Life doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. What is your favorite book? Les Misérables by Victor Hugo. I love historical novels, and this was actually the one that triggered my interest. What is your favorite podcast? Mm, I listen to many different podcasts. Right now, I had to say in Google Company. Say something interesting about you that most people don't know. I had an early career in a dance company.
0: What is your hidden talent? I hunt. If you were going to write a book about your life, what would a
1: title be? Sentimenti, both because feeling is part of behavioral science and also because I've lived in Italy and I'm really fond of most things Italian. Now, let us dig deeper. Our childhood has an effect on our adulthood. Our
0: early experiences shape our belief about ourselves, others and the world. Now, I want to discover
1: your childhood. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Christiansen, a small town situated on three islands out on the west coast. Uh, You had to take the ferry to get to the mainland when I grew up. What was your dream job as a child? Ballet dancer, maybe, or a teacher. What was your
0: favorite subject in school?
1: History and economics. What was your least favorite subject? I didn't really have any, maybe German. What is your earliest memory of technology and the arrival of the internet? When I was 18, I got a relative traveling to the UK to buy me a Sinclair ZX Spectrum 16K. Uh, It was uh, something I used most of my savings on and very few had personal computers at that time. I remembered I was really excited and had fun exploring what I could do and learn. That was before internet or at least before World Wide Web though. Which were then
0: your three first technology gadgets you owned?
1: So the computer, Palm Pilot and probably uh, Nokia Who was your
0: female non-binary or transgender role model growing up and why?
1: So I had several strong women in my family, my mom for one, but also some inspiring ancestors like my mom's grandmother, Gurina. She was supposed to move to America and even had a ticket ready, but then her sister died. So she had to take over her farm and nieces and nephews. And she did really well. The farm prospered, but she also had fishing vessels and a fish landing. So she was an impressive grand old lady.
0: Wow, powerful. Then how do you think where you grew up and the school you went to and the generation you come from influence your education and
1: career choice? So in my hometown, there was like one higher secondary school and no institutions of higher education at that time, but it was quite common to go to a bigger city and take higher education there. So I guess my chosen degree was trying to avoid choosing career paths because I didn't know. And I believe my family and their business influenced me somewhat also in choosing career later. Maybe even if I didn't understand it then.
0: Following that, I'm going to read two quotes. First one resonates with what you said. How does the universe expect me to choose a career path at 16? I can't even choose what I want for dinner. Second, Abraham Lincoln said, I quote, the best way to predict your future is to create it. So, Yannicka, I want to know the choices behind your career path, though.
1: Where and what did you study at university? So, I studied at Norwegian School of Economics and Business Administration in Bergen, Norway, and a master's degree in international management. So, both NHH and Luigi Bocconi in Milan.
0: Who well, and what influenced
1: you to get into your
0: choice of field?
1: I grew up with a family focusing on business, but also on on the customer. I think there was a lot of new ventures that my parents started in hospitality, in retail, and I worked a lot helping them when I grew up. So I think customer focus and customer centricity was already then a big part of my upbringing, you could say. And then later I was the practice heads of a management consultancy. There we had a lot of gray-haired consultants working on project and program management. And we had great success in saving projects that went off track. And I started trying to analyze why they went off track and how we could improve and do that differently. And a lot of that had to do with not taking the customer needs into account. So that's what I started to do research on. And that's also why I started focusing on customer experience and customer centricity and started the first boutique consultancy in Scandinavia, I think, focusing on this specifically. And this was even before design thinking, behavioral science and customer journeys were known.
0: Do you work for that company and then what other professional roles have you had before that led you to start your own company?
1: I mostly had roles in consulting companies and design agencies in sort of senior leadership roles. But what led me to start the company currently is my experience as a leader in a health tech organization in the public sector. So I was leading and facilitating transformation in this very complex organization, trying to standardize, restructure and innovate at the same time. And working with so many impressive leaders and middle management with great stamina made me want to see if I could find other ways to support, cheer and advise these value champions doing all the heavy lifting in order to make transformation happen. What does customer C do? We coach and advise on how to create customer and business value through customer centricity and customer centric innovation. We do it on board level, executive and management level. We advise and share proven concepts and best practices and try to find new ways of supporting them in their role. I also facilitate a network for customer centric leaders for them to exchange ideas with other practitioners across industries. What is your title and what is your main responsibilities? So my title is CEO and founder, and I do lead the company, and I also advise and coach clients. What does a typical workday look like for you? Oh, there's no such thing.
0: I love the quote, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So Janneke, what do you love about your role?
1: Oh, I love the freedom. I love the opportunity to work with and for many brilliant people and to be able to connect people. I love to be able to support and cheer other leaders so that they succeed.
0: What is the best experience you've had in your role so far? Any examples?
1: That has to be feedback from the leaders that take part in the community we've created. The energy and it was electric and everyone confirmed the value of exchanging ideas and the boost of inspiration it gave. So that was really rewarding.
0: And what is the biggest challenge you've encountered so far and how did you tackle that?
1: So I've been lucky, I think, in that most have gone smooth so far. I think finding the right balance between sticking to what is defined priorities and include new learnings, doing the right things and create most value and opportunity at at all times. So finding the right balance, maybe of being disciplined, but not rigid. What do you wish everybody understood about your role? Nothing in particular. Maybe that being a founder and building companies is great fun. What is the one common myth about your professional field that you want to disapprove? Well, that has to be still the myth that it's all about the technology. I believe technology is nothing more than an enabler. It's all about how you can use technology to create value and make jobs done for humans. And it's also about how you can manage to get the opportunity known and create valuable business models on it. Of course, I'm especially focused on making sure we keep securing the customer-centric approach and uh, do not assume too much about humans. I've seen that even the smartest product teams sometimes forget testing their hypotheses and rely on peers' opinion instead of testing and validating with users. There's a need for, what can you call it, a devil's advocate and maybe the red chair to remind us to question what would customers really want? So what do you love about working in the tech industry? Oh, I love the energy and the opportunities available for those who want. I know that there's people there that really want to make a dent in the universe.
0: Oprah Winfrey said, I quote, think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is not a stepping stone to greatness. So Janneke, what have by far been your biggest achievement
1: in your career? So my biggest achievements have been my client's success. Seeing the transformation and that the success that they've had and knowing that I played a humble and small part in this gives me great satisfaction. What's the biggest factor that has helped you become successful? Any success habits? I've always tried to be truthful to ideas and I believe that I've used my integrity as a compass. I challenge clients and I also stopped engagements when I didn't believe I could contribute value. I've tried to be there to give a little extra when needed. And this has allowed me to become a trusted partner. And I've made clients. I've been relations in my network for a long time. How do you then measure your own performance at work? Client success and satisfaction for consulting and coaching work I do. So business metrics on that and also experience metrics. With success comes failure. What is your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? There's, of course, a lot of learning experience to say the least. And I think that's important to grow. However, maybe not paying attention when someone is challenging your integrity and your values is something I've learned a lot from. What is
0: inspiring and motivating you the most in your role and career right now?
1: Being allowed to work alongside a lot of brilliant people. And also when working with management group or leadership groups, being allowed to challenge them and their thinking is both fun and inspiring. I'm impressed by those leaders. Let's say, please look at our business model or our strategy or our approach to customer centricity and tell us what can we do better.
0: Let us now jump into the influence of mentors, role models, champions, and sponsors. Role models can consciously or subconsciously be a powerful force in our lives. In addition, champions can stand up and advocate for us and open up the world of possibilities. Sponsors match emerging talent with leaders and influential employees who can help us move ahead in
1: our careers. Janneke,
0: do you have a mentor, champion, or a sponsor today?
1: No, I don't have any sponsor particular. I have several people in my network that I discuss with and that I ask for them to challenge my thinking and I ask for advice, and that's always useful.
0: Who is the female, non-binary, or transgender role model you look up to in your field?
1: I have many great role models. I think the Norwegian Anita kron is an inspiration, and I enjoyed her book. Internationally, in my field now of customer centricity, I'm inspired by the work of Sirte Pillaya in Finland and Stina Marshal in Denmark.
0: History shows that it has been more common for men having mentors, champions, and sponsors in business than women. And again, how important do you think it is to have a mentor, champion, or sponsor during
1: one's career? You can always learn and be inspired by others, and I believe that's important. If you by champion, mean a person who vigorously supports and defends someone, then everyone should have one, I guess.
0: Let's move on to leadership. Adena Friedman, president CEO of Nasdaq, said, I quote, empowering those around you to be heard and valued makes a difference between a leader who simply instructs and one who inspires. And then Shirley Sandberg, ex-CEO at Facebook, said, I quote, leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence and making sure that the impact lasts in your absence. Yannick, what does
1: leadership mean to you? To me, leadership means the ability to influence and guide a group of people in an organization or a society or a team. To me, leadership means being able to set direction, motivate and enable people to take part and contribute. What do you consider a good versus a bad leader? Maybe micromanaging versus setting the vision and then support when needed. I think a key difference between good and bad leader also is in empathy.
0: Who is your favorite female, non-binary or transgender tech leader and why?
1: Caroline Farbager was really inspiring when I heard her keynote. Her reflections is something that made me aware of my own biases as well and how I can and should contribute and support others. So she's definitely a true inspiration.
0: How would you describe yourself as a leader?
1: I'm the type of leader who wants to help people develop and grow and set direction, work hard to engage and motivate maybe, and, and sometimes even try to challenge, but always try to be and set a good example. I don't enjoy the managerial part of the role more than average, I think, and I have no need of being a boss. But I do love to create a strategy or a purpose that motivates and to engage and involve people, get everyone on board and get the most out of them.
0: And as a leader, what values are most important to you?
1: Trust, belonging, and integrity.
0: What leadership lessons have you learned that have formed you into the leader you are today?
1: I had or have a servant leadership style. Um, I find that this can sometimes be misunderstood as weak, so I've calibrated actually somewhat, but I still keep a leadership style that is in line with my values. So connected to that, what are your three strengths and three weaknesses? So drive and energy to make things happen, and my empathy and my ability to see patterns are probably strengths. And then weaknesses: impatience and not being able always to hide my impatience probably counts for three. Let us now jump to the hardest topic
0: in business today: workplace culture, unlocking the power of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Yannick, what does DEIB mean to you personally?
1: So diversity means equal representations of different ethnicities, ages, genders, and embracing diversity of thought, experience, and ideas for better um, equity and inclusion is all about supporting these voices to be heard also so that everyone can take part. In my field of customer centricity, we've seen that belonging is an important part of the employee experience and influences not only the employee satisfaction and loyalty, but also the customer experience.
0: What do you consider being three to five signs of good company culture if you were to join a company?
1: Clear intention sets the customer and employee experience, high level of trust and belonging, and acceptance for failure as a learning organization.
0: And as a woman, what has been the most significant barrier in your career and how have you overcome these challenges?
1: So I have not felt any major barriers. You might say I've been privileged in that way. Of course, there's been some norms that we still need to challenge, and I've met some of them, and I might even uh, subconsciously, I've realized, have some of them myself.
0: Why do you think it's important for more women, non-binary and transgender to join the tech industry today?
1: Maybe more than anything else, because there's so many exciting opportunities that I don't want anyone to miss out on.
0: Do you and how do you speak with your colleagues, peers, and community about DEIB challenges, for example, salary gaps and promotions?
1: We recently got the Nobel Peace Prize winner in economics on the subject. I guess that helps a lot in the discussion and the awareness, which is good. I must say, though, that I typically address this more on an individual level and not based on the categories. Um, I believe in a conscious choice.
0: There are many public and internal discussions about the barriers women, non-binary, and transgender face from reaching high position in the tech industry. How do you feel it has affected, is affecting you, and what is your advice on how to best unblock these roadblocks?
1: It's a big topic. I think is interesting. In Norway, we're now trying to regulate female representation on board levels in listed companies, and the reception of this in business has been mixed. I believe it's a good thing. And I think that this can improve representation um, as I think there's a lot of qualified candidates if you take the effort to actually find them. And hopefully this could increase also the hunt for candidates to improve representation of other groups as well. So uh, time will tell.
0: And today, tech companies spend a lot of marketing and money to attract women, non-binary and transgenders. However, at the same time, they are finding it hard to retain them. Articles show that women are leaving the tech industry. What is your best advice on strategy for how companies can work to build a
1: stronger corporate culture that engages gender diversity and equity? More important than anything else would be to invest in the managers that support these individuals and support them in their leadership roles. Now, also, I think it's important to use tools to identify norms that should be challenged. I've heard that there's an HBTQ certification program that actually focuses on identifying norms so that you actually could see if there are any stereotypes or others that you need to talk more about. And I think there are tools available like leanin.org and similar sites. I think, you know, you could easily start that sort of discussion. And I think that's important for the culture. You asked me about sponsoring earlier, and I think setting that in place in organization could be an important vehicle. As you said,
0: there's tools out there, but what would you say are the challenges of implementing DIB
1: culture in a workplace today? It takes time to get this as an integrated part of business, and it can be a challenge that someone believes that you could get someone to be responsible for this in your organization, and then you actually believe it's implemented. I guess that's the same as we've seen when people approach customer centricity, that have hired someone to spearhead it and then they think they're they're already set. But the footwork is still ahead and you need uh, time to succeed and, and you haven't really succeeded until it's an integral part of how you operate. So that takes time and you need to set aside time to do that. But that said, it's also an issue, of course, that there are other major issues hitting society right now, like the violence in Sweden, will take attention away from this. So we need to be patient and make sure we're ready when the time is right.
0: Why and how do you think companies would benefit from having not just women, non-binary and transgender leaders, but actually higher gender representation at C-suite level
1: and boardrooms with actual mandates? So, representation is key and securing a broader perspective on issues and input in decision making will create better business results. It's quite easy.
0: How much do you think the tech industry has changed regarding this subject
1: since you joined? Quite a lot, especially since Me Too. What is accepted behavior now has changed and we're more conscious, which is good. And it's more on topic, of course, also on the management agenda. So, awareness is higher. Looking back on your career,
0: what one thing would you have changed in your working environment to break the bias?
1: So maybe calling out when, for instance, male-dominated norms become too strong. I remember reading Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg and nodding and thinking, maybe other people more than me needed to read this. Um, Then I typically at that time only had to fight for myself. And maybe I accepted that I had to prove that was good enough. Now that I'm a mom of two driven girls, would like for them not to have to go the extra mile to prove their worth. And the same with other friends of different backgrounds. Looking forward,
0: what will you do as a leader to improve the bias for the next generation of women, non-binary and
1: transgender? So I believe the most important is to secure awareness and attention. It is possible to change norms if we're aware of them and the potential biases that are present. So what I can do is to open doors and networks, as well as support and sponsor, and of course, call out the biases when needed. In male-dominated environments, I've always tried to, and will continue to try, to make sure that different categories of tasks, for instance, are distributed equally. And if I'm facilitating a workshop, I try to make sure all voices are heard. Since, of course, my field of work talks a lot about human design, I can uh, maybe continue to use examples, maybe even with humor, (laughs) to increase the awareness of different sort of biases.
0: Amazing. Let us move on to another hot topic in business today, which is break note balance and mental health. And again, you have without a doubt a busy lifestyle. How do you take care of yourself to maintain good mental health?
1: I um, exercise, I secure time for family and friends, and I also love taking walks in nature. Have you ever experienced burnout? No, not really. At some point, I realized I needed more sleep than I allowed myself to, but that was surprisingly easy to change when I realized it. So sleep does wonders. What is your advice on how companies can create a more mentally healthy workplace in a new now? So we invest in culture and leadership, uh, including uh, what I could call maybe conscious role modeling. Invest in self-management and training. Even small investments, I think, can make a huge difference. And of course, increase trust and belonging. What motivates you every day to get out of bed? The possibility that I can create an impact for others, create experiences and business value. Now, let us wrap up with a few words of wisdom and a piece of advice for our listeners. Janneke,
0: what is the best piece of advice you can give given that has helped you during setbacks in your role and career?
1: Find your frustrations, keep your mind clear, and don't do anything hasty. And then, what is the worst advice you've ever been given and how did you tackle it? I remember when I was pregnant, I had some male colleagues that wanted to give me advice on what to do and what to eat. I'm sure their intention was uh, all the best, but I found it slightly amusing and I just loved it. Is there something you wish you would have known or a skill you wish you had when starting out in the tech industry? My passion, I think, is something dear to your heart as well behavioral science. Many pieces of the puzzle came into place when I started to learn more, and I uh, recommend this for um, most people, actually. And it's important also to use this to understand both risk and opportunities using the insights from behavioral science now with all the innovations coming, for instance, with a new area of AI.
0: If you had the ability to go back in time to when you were just at the beginning of your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? So be patient, trust your instinct, uh, and maybe
1: follow your own path.
0: What advice would you give to young girls, women, non-binary, and transgenders who want and trying to break into STEM fields today, especially wanting to become
1: next generation leaders? Stick up your hand, lean in, embrace all opportunities that you find rewarding, and remember to support others around you. Last but not least, what is next for you in your role and career in tech? What are your career aspirations? Continue to support chair and coach business leaders to enhance the network. It's my highest priorities and continue then to create greater value champions out there. And also continue to take on more board membership roles.
0: Amazing. Janike, I can't wait to follow your journey. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Queens of Tech podcast, sharing your journey without a doubt, inspire change and reshape company culture for the next generation of women, non-binary and transgender leaders.
1: Thank you so much for having me and all the best for your project.
0: Thank you for listening. If you have worked in the tech industry a minimum of three years and would like to share your journey, please nominate yourself or somebody you know to i at jasminemoradi.com. For more podcast episodes and to learn more about the Queens of Tech initiative and to support us, visit queensof.tech.